Okay. All right. Man. Well, here we are. Um, Welcome back. Yeah, thank you so much. Shoot, guys. it's uh, It's been uh, about three weeks, a little over three weeks uh, yeah. since we recorded. God. Um, so, fast. Yeah, it did go by fast. It actually was. Uh, it felt like a short trip. Um, and then it felt like, uh, honestly, forgot everything about how to set up everything in the studio. So then we had an interesting start to the uh, episode, too. Um, but we got everything together, and now we're, uh, we're recording. Um, so... Guys, what's what's been going on? How's the uh, how's been the month been? I haven't been able to keep too much in contact with you because I've been uh, on a complete different time zone. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, how's it been going? What what has the community been up to? What have you guys been up to? It's been good. Um, a lot of action, a lot of activity. I mean, on our end, with you know, an saying brand, you know, we're in the process of developing more merchandise for the community, and so it's very exciting when we're in that process of creation. But you know, there's a lot of um, you know, cars and coffees going on, a lot of, uh, you know, new gatherings that are taking place and taking shape that we're going to talk about a little bit later uh, towards the end of the podcast. But it's been great. Um, the weather's turning out a lot better. And so, you know, obviously everyone's getting excited for show season. And so, yeah, man. Um, how about you? Well, I'm... Um I was lucky enough to go to Italy. Uh, now I'm a married man, which yeah. is fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. Um, but... Went over to Italy, went over to Sicily, uh, rented a car, did the whole drive, went to um, major cities, tiny cities. Um, what car did you have? So I had a couple of cars. Uh, <laughs> on the mainland, uh, we got Not just a, one. No, because you can't take it over to the other island. So you do have to like, you know, leave Part the one ways. on the island, go on a small, you know, plane that goes like, you know, up for 45 minutes and then it goes straight back down. Like you only make the crest. There is no actual leveling out. Like Portland. Yeah, exactly. You, you just do the triangle. <laughs> Um, so we uh so no we headed over uh down the coast like sorrento to uh the amalfi coast uh, and we drove a toyota yaris never driven one before it's a great car comes with an amazing amount of amenities it's well set up it has great gearing uh it was a manual drove it fantastically fit all the extra luggage and everything that my lady brought um so it was good it was good, but uh, if I'm honest, it was one of those things that, um, as I as I drove the car, I realized that most people in Italy have tiny cars. They're mostly uh, unmodified because people crash into things, but they all drive like Mario Andretti. So every single one of them <laughs> nice. goes well over the speed limit. All of them understand the assignment of get out of the way if you want to go slower. They negotiate turns with the handbrake whenever possible, um, and they don't crash into as many things as you'd think. I believe most <laughs> of the accidents happen because it's, again, like you weren't supposed to be parked in that like space, and then somebody just did it. Because the other thing about Italians is I watched people not find parking, and then they just double park in front of a bunch of cars, get out and put on their flashers, and walk away. And they just accept, they're like, yeah, well, you know what? This is your fault for having your guys in my way. And they just, ciao. And they just walk away from their car. Deal with it. There's a couple <laughs> times when somebody did it to me while we were driving in a lane of traffic, where that was the lane of traffic on the far right side. And mm -hmm. they just were like, well, but this is where the restaurant is. So Here I now am. go around me. And they just <laughs> pulled over to the right as far as they could. And then just, you know, left the, uh, left the rest for us to figure out, which was, you know, again, fun. But again, the Yaris was great. Uh, when we got the island of Sicily, I got a Citroen. 
Oh, and it was about the same size. We don't get that here. No, we don't. Oh. And there's a reason why, because it's not a very good car. At least not that <laughs> one. Um, you know, I don't want to bash it's, on French cars, especially because I'm a fan of a couple of really like awesome. I mean, was French it gutless? Cars. It was gutless. Oh, and here's man. the thing about it: it wasn't geared right for as tiny as it was. For the it was. Yeah, for what you needed it to do, the Yaris, like, in, you didn't even have to really downshift. It was geared well enough that you didn't have to downshift if you didn't want to, and it would still get the oomph to get up the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a, it had much more technology in it. The suspension was just set up better. The Citroen was a bare, bare bones car. You didn't get anything with the Citroen. So this is a Citroen C1. Uh, again, about the same size as the Yaris. Didn't have any kind of lane departure. Didn't have any kind of parking warning signals. Didn't have any kind of... No bells, of no whistles. No bells, no whistles, no... Wait for this? No cruise control. Mm. So when you're but driving, you don't need that in Italy, especially when everyone's driving like a madman. You, and you'd think it, but but when you're going on the small areas where you're going on the freeway for like maybe I got a thirty minute ride on the freeway, you because it's a small car, you have to keep your foot planted into mm. it because seventy five, which is the speed limit there, or like hundred and thirty kilometers, is like yeah, that C one is like you gotta push it, and it's like no, no, we're gonna be in. What's uh, the RPMs at? So the at seventy five. Like at seventy five. Here's the thing. It's seventy five. In fifth gear, the the RPMs drop to like maybe twenty seven to three thousand RPM. But if you tried to pass anything, or the incline went from flat to one percent incline, you would start to slow down. And if you floored it, it just prolonged your slowdown. You weren't going faster if you floored it in that gear. You, you just, just bogged down. You just went. It just oh, went. Man. Ah. Like and just switch gears so you had to downshift which the craziest thing is because it's an economy car it has a little light in it that says upshift and downshift and it tells you when is like the most economical time to, to downshift and upshift so anytime you wanted to do anything where you wanted to move you'd shift it down and then it, a light would come on and say you should shift, shift it up <laughs> you've made a mistake so you let's should, go too yeah. long it's like did you want to pass that bus you should stay behind that bus right and now. just live back there it's like god <laughs> just dang it. it and so again watching the difference between driving the Yaris and what Toyota makes in a small car and how they think about what your needs will be and Citroen making a small car and thinking about what your bare bones needs again because the Yaris arguably still one of the smallest class like but they gave a lot more into the actual driving dynamic of that Yaris so I was actually very impressed with the Yaris I was like this is a well orchestrated little tiny car and I was like this Citroen would make people want to smoke, which, you know, I was like, yes, that makes sense. And, and yeah. they smoke in France and they're mm-hmm. all very upset with everybody. It's because these cars are just not all that great. You got to get like a, you know, a Renault 5 Turbo and then you're fantastic. Everything's wonderful. But <laughs> unless you get something like that, yeah, that C1 was, uh, I mean, I got passed by everything. And that here's the weird kicker even though it had a smaller motor than the Yaris because of your driving situations, because you always had to downshift and you had to keep it in the gears higher and it just wasn't, it got worse gas mileage. <laughs> I oh, filled man. it up more <laughs> driving it around <laughs> that Sizzle. a 1.6? It was like a 1.3 liter. One oh. point. Yeah. And no. uh, and again, it was just, I think it was the gearing. It, it could go, it, it said it could go to a higher top speed, but that's one of those things that's relative. But I'm also like, did you gear it for that? Because then it's just like, let's let them be really long. Be like, you don't have any horsepower. I need you to make these suckers short. I'm only going to go 60, <laughs> but let me get there. The ultimate commuter. <laughs> it really was. But ultimate, like, like ultimate town commuter. Mm-hmm. Because if you were going to take that, again, into like a situation where you were going to 
like I'm gonna go on the Audubon every day and I need to drive 45 minutes on the Audubon you'd, you'd get frustrated with the car yeah. it, it, and you'd have to keep it in a lower gear to, to ever get around anybody or move quickly and again if we went to a place where all of a sudden it was a slight incline and you were really kind of going up and to the left around a hill it was always a downshift because I'd start to be at 110 kilometers 108 kilometers that's how i feel five four three and then you'd just be like okay that's how i feel like my forerunner it's right same with my montero i'm really? like it's just like mm, <laughs> mm, mm, oh man it's terrible and that's fourth gear right 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 with so, terrible gas mileage yep on top of that so yeah so the experience in, in italy was great i mean again the driving was uh was High and low for myself, but getting to watch the Italian drivers was amazing. Uh, I followed a couple in a couple of my drives uh, where I was going back like, you know, 45 minute drive or something back to our hotel from seeing like a monument or seeing some kind of uh, ruin or something like that. And I pulled off to the side of the road, let the fast Italians pass me and then just tried to keep up with them, which I was like perfect because I could just follow. They knew the roads perfectly. Mm -hmm. They knew when to brake, where to brake, how fast they could take a turn. They had like you know, a twin spark alpha with, you know, at least 200 horsepower or something. So I was like, the Yaris isn't going to beat them. And I can totally take these turns way faster than I think I can. Yeah. Man, Scared my awesome. wife. She was not as happy as I was to the situation. Uh, but, you know, she got through it. And uh, no, but the driving was great. You don't see a lot of Ferraris. You don't see That's a lot of big cars. That's what I was going to ask you. I was like, did you see any like prancing horses so, or bulls or anything like that? And I did, mean, but only on one day and only in Rome. And here's what I think. Like, we were there during a time when, I mean, again, first off, the haves and the have-nots are super separated. Interesting. There's much more people in Italy. I mean, it's, I think it's a population of like 60 million, but there's only like, there's most people in Italy have small cars and they, they just have a commuter and, and they don't even have really a lot of money to put into it. So they, if they want a sporty one, they buy the sporty one. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of old cars. Um, and then when I did see like you know anything that was large, it was like brand new Mercedes, brand new Porsche Panamerica, brand new Porsche Cayenne, uh, Range Rover, uh, G Wagon, uh, Le uh, Jaguar F Pace, like those types of like larger like SUVs. And it was mm -hmm. clear that it's like okay, these are the working class, and you live in a villa and own a couple of businesses because you're like an Italian playboy. <laughs> and and you could tell like it was definitely like and you buy the these things because nots. you definitely want to have but right. you but you don't have it because you actually like cars. You have it because this is what you believe you're supposed to be driving. Mm -hmm. And then then you'd get the younger old, the Italians if they wanted a sport one they go get the twin spark alpha or they'd get like the gti mm, yeah. or you know you'd, you'd see a couple of those but they weren't modified they didn't they weren't lowered there wasn't extra stuff put on probably because again people would get in accidents you're always getting definitely bumper stuff where you're just tapping people because that just happens in italy it's kind of how they drive there's a little bit of this no i'm going and i'm just gonna rubbing nah. doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt and right. i mean that's the kind of like and there's their mentality there's no ego in their driving so nobody's getting road rage either mm. in italy they just kind of like no nah, ciao whatever we Here just we deal with it um but with that then comes the idea of like they just don't have the same and again I wasn't looking for it, so I didn't have a tie into the Italian tuner culture, but it certainly wasn't readily viewable like you see in America, where you could definitely see the mm -hmm. cars driving on nice days. If you just are in a great city and you know a great like road by the water, you're going to see bikes and cars. Mm -hmm. You didn't see it there. Um, and then again, the only day I really saw them was when I was uh, in Rome, and it was because they had their Independence Day. So they have their independence from when the Italian Republic defeated Mussolini and his fascist government that was in charge of like Italy during World War II. So wow. there was obviously like Italy was like part of that the the 
uh, faction of evil, but but most of Italy didn't really agree with Mussolini. But obviously, they had to overthrow him in the military. And on this day, in the middle of uh, April, they did, and so they celebrated. And so then, I, you know, I saw, I saw one of the um, uh, Sultan of Brunei's uh, cars, one of his four five or uh, I don't remember what it was, one of the older uh, Ferraris, but it's a wagon. So it was there. Four-door wagon. It was a four-door wagon. It's a full Ferrari wagon. Like a Marinello? Something like that, yeah. It's in like an older 90s one. Um, hmm. And it and again, it's, it's a, it yeah. normally was not made like that. They made it for him. And I only knew this because I looked it up because I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But then again, I saw like the 308 GTB, a couple other things. And they were all brought out for the Italian Independence Day. And they were in the parade. And it was part of them like, yo, we do not believe in fascism. What did the drivers look like? The owners of these vehicles. So I don't know if they were the owners because they were all in suits, like like military-like suits. So oh, I don't okay. know if they were also just like, here, we're going to give a couple of the Italian military the chance to drive Generals. these cars. They're going to be all like, or ad admirals, admirals or something, but high-end mm -hmm. people. But they were all super, super Roman. Mm -hmm. And the only way I can say it is like, when you looked at their profile, when they drove by in the car, that nose was just like you'd see like a centurion guard. Mm -hmm. You're like, that guy <laughs> looks like he was a Roman. That guy looks like a Roman. You're just like, you could just put a helmet on these guys and be like, yeah, you can march these guys. Let's they go. look exactly like they used to. <laughs> so some of that was very cool. I was like, yeah, that, that fits. That's the same. That's the same uh, warrior from Three Hundred, right yeah. there. There that's he is. A, that was a Spartan. <laughs> exactly. So they definitely put the guys who looked like the uh, the Italians in all the cars. But again, it was it was only during that, and I don't think it was like you know, if obviously they were owned by somebody, but it definitely wasn't something you saw Ferraris over the place. But you did see Alphas. You saw definitely their their you know Fiats all over the place, and so their local cars were definitely purchased. But it just wasn't the same tuner scene that we have, at least that we have even the luxury to have. Oh, that's awesome. That's so. cool to see a different perspective, especially from your lens, considering it's an American, you know, lens, but with, you know, strong Italian roots. So yeah. cool, yeah. man. And it's also just cool to see, I mean, obviously with so much race history and all that coming from Italy, it isn't, you'd think maybe everybody just had speed fever and it maybe they do, but they just can't. It's not available and you honestly wouldn't want a ferrari in some of those small towns like it'd be Direct. so terrible to drive and there's no garage you have to be the rich guy who owns the villa on top of the cliff to have any type of actual space <laughs> otherwise it's a very small space you live in and everything's parked on the street and so i think also part of italian life is like well if i can't take care of all these things then i just won't i won't worry about it you know right. just, mm -hmm. yeah, forget it so um but again great trip again wonderful scenery fun times you know just driving i would suggest driving there's lots of people who get nervous about driving even if you total a car just put it in your insurance i mean yeah, it's going to cost you some even something <laughs> like that like it's worth driving in other countries because you get to see more you don't have to leave when the buses leave it gives you an opportunity of freedom you i don't think a lot of americans get because they're used to being confined confined you know. and carried yeah. right take me on the boat and i want to leave all my stuff in the boat and then i'll get off the boat for one port and i'll go back on the boat and it's like you don't you're not much. used to getting yeah. out of your comfort zone which is you'll have to look up directions or you'll have to maybe screw up and that i think personally builds character when you have to challenge yourself okay i'm not going to be able to talk to somebody in this country i'm going to have to figure out their maps i'm going to have to figure out some of their road signs i'm going to have to learn something yeah get new. out your comfort zone you know yeah I think it makes it makes the journey super memorable because I remember all the points in driving because I had to be hyper focused, making sure. There's a couple times I was like, I think I'm driving in a one way the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, you just like I'm just gonna I'm gonna adjust it. We're just gonna do this again. I'm pretty sure this is in the Toyota Yaris. In the Yaris, yeah, breaking laws. I like Yaris. Cars wherever I go and visit different states. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely driving in different states you is drove, definitely cool you went to arizona like not too long ago and you had the mustang right yeah that was fun gt mustang and yeah. had all the bells and whistles and absolutely it was launch package and everything <laughs> yeah and it was just a rental car I was yeah like, whoa yeah yeah now again i, I i'd love to drive like i mean i, I didn't get a chance when i was doing a lot of the traveling that i've done in the past because i was just younger and and there was it was more for you know uh different reasons than just tourism mm -hmm. uh but i would love to drive in like japan love to drive in like all these countries that have the full left hand you drive oh, on the other side of the road i'd just like to get that see what it's like it's, i mean get used it's to trippy. it i bet it is <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like i bet it is but we're in like australia same thing right yes exactly um and those are those things that I think, again, if you take yourself out of your comfort zone, it just always builds some new part of your character. When you when you realize you're not as easily breakable or shatterable, you right. you strengthen your own character. You're, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, but I can walk into something I've never been into and just, I can do that. Can yeah, I can wing in this country and just drive. You know, it's yeah. like, it does give you that little piece of you're not fearful. And I think Americans sometimes when it comes to especially foreign countries, they get a little fearful. They're like, well, I can't have my comfort. I don't, nobody speaks my language. What the hell? And, and it's like, that's ridiculous that's because you're scared yeah. you know what i mean so so yeah. again that was a lot of fun driving around was a lot of fun getting to have those moments and uh and yeah no i'd suggest it to anybody <laughs> man that'd be awesome yep now so you, you know you talked about the corolla i mean the yaris yes and now that toyota has launched the new corolla gr this is true i was in uh Italy lots while to say about that car yes what do you feel? I want to hear your well, feelings I mean, first. Me, I, I'm always going to talk in a perspective of design, right. you know, and I think having a sport compact vehicle, giving it some muscles, obviously, you know, the the strength is there and, you know, the fender bulge and the wing and the aero package that is available to it. I mean, you have a carbon roof. I mean, Toyota didn't skip out on the idea of giving the visual performance aesthetics. And so... Does the performance give, you know, new owners that are brand loyalists to Toyota a new experience to look forward to? Mm -hmm. Obviously, yes. Sure. I mean, when was the last time the, you know, Toyota um, people have really been excited about a release? I mean, it was the Supra, but it fall flat on its face. This is true. And is so, true. you know, with this GR coming out, I believe that, you know, it's going to do a lot of excitement and justice for Toyota as a brand. I agree. I'm excited for this thing to come out. I want to see it. Do you like that it's an in-house full build? Yeah. Maybe with the, with the, you know, with the GT86, you have it with uh, Subaru, with the Supra, you have it with BMW, but with the Corolla, they're doing it as an in-house, like the Zars. It's like a purist. I mean, sort of. It's well, like I mean, you see the strength of where Toyota comes in in their racing heritage, right? Yeah. And so, you know, they've had countless um, programs with TRD, and mm -hmm. they've, you know, tried to fulfill the lineups. But I would say within like the last 15 years, they have, you know, regressed from a true sports compact. And yeah, they'd have performance add-ons parts um you know bolt on so to say mm -hmm. but this is right out the box this yes. is this is a beast of a vehicle you know and so um yeah I, I love that toyota is sticking to the original roots and heritage of you know where they've built their brand from coming from a performance aspect you know you had the old 86 you know corolla heritage bleeds through the gr obviously and so now i mean 
you look at the lineup of vehicles i mean now supra has their six speed right 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 at least we're promised one so that's what we're hoping to get But it'll be interesting to see what you know a lot of people will say i think more track enthusiasts will lean on to that and the gr and there will be obviously some people out there that are going to track it because of the fact that you know the gr is a sport compact car that's compared to like the fk8 of honda you know Mm -hmm. yeah so what we'll see in, in terms of performance numbers and things like that will be very interesting but you know i think it's comparable you know i think yeah. it's very um exciting that toyota is doing that um but i mean at the end of the day i mean i don't know how, what they're priced at right now i think forty-two thousand, something like that i think with all with high options i think you can get some for less is that a fact i don't think it's a fact but Should i think I? That, that is the yeah, neighborhood look. yeah let's Should pull I? that up let's there, pull Al. that up you can we got a new feature. Pull it up, Al. <laughs> <laughs> we got my, we got Al Michael, you know, pulling up the facts. Al's our resident uh, Google uh, fact checker. We're all feelings on the couch, but uh, Al's all facts. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean. Price of Toyota, Toyota GR? Mm-hmm. Yaris. Yaris. Let's see what this guy is. Here it is. So 36 to 41 is kind of, or 40, we'll say 42, 36 to 42, uh, depending on options, which again, for 36, you're probably still getting the exact same motor, the exact same transmission, a lot of the drivetrains, all the same. I imagine for 41, you get all the extra race add-on. You probably get like maybe an overboost mode if they're going to add something like that. Yeah. But you get that carbon fiber roof, you get that actually active hood that has the actual active hood scoops. Mm-hmm. Um, you get all of the extra wheels and all the other things. Um, but it's pretty impressive that you can drop all that and be like, have you just give me a Corolla and wolf's, you know, and wolf and sheep's <laughs> yeah. clothing. You know what I mean? Like, I just want one that looks like it's a Corolla and it's all colored and red and right. it has no bang and, and, nope. and blush to it. <laughs> and I've got three pipes out the back and that's about all, you know, and even if it's a little heavier, the amount of performance it already has is incredible. I've, I've heard people have already done a couple of modifications to some of them and they've pushed a little bit more boost through them too, which has pushed them up into the mild 300 wheel horsepower. Oh my God. Now, I think tuners heard, are going to have a field day with it. Well, I, now what I've heard is what they've been running across is uh, the head gasket goes and it doesn't go in the way that like, it explodes, but it actually has pass because of how much boost you're running. And so mm. they either have to come up with a stronger or thicker type of you know um, head, gasket. head gasket situation um or or maybe some other type of of you know release for for boost but it's definitely like one of those things i think that um i mean not only can tuners have a field day but you have like you said a quite a rocket out of the box now i've heard lots of people always there's always going to be that negative side so let's talk about the negative side too i've heard some people dogging the three cylinder i don't know why the three-cylinder holds this thing in people's minds like it's too small. Now, I know the people, there's lots of people that always argue that... Some people just have a weird connotation about small displacement. Exactly, where there's uh, like, no replacement for it's like It's like when, when, when Toyota did the Tundra and they had the V8 in it, right? Right. And then now it's the V6 Turbo. Right. And they're like, oh my God, it's V6 Turbo. Yes. It's like, Yes, and they'll say the same thing about like the new Ford GT. They'll be yep. like, "It's a V6. It's not going to be." And it's like, "All right, yeah, yeah it's a marvelous piece of engineering." But okay, so is do you think that's probably more? And again, from what I've seen from the breakdown of some of the like few tuners that have gotten their hands on it, and a couple of the few YouTubers that have like some of the same kind of uh, reach with Toyota, the motor is incredibly stout. 
the cylinder walls are crazy thick like people were comparing them to it's like a race this motor. is right they were like comparing like this is kind of built like the old 2jz inline where they yeah. were like it gave it sammy's walls and gave it like all these things they were like you only really get this if you want to go racing so i feel like some people are dogging it because again they're going to always dog anything that doesn't have their displacement even if displacement doesn't produce a lot of horsepower, like a 19, you know, 70s Cadillac with a seven liter that has 200 horsepower. Well, that's, that's the, that's the, that's our culture here in America. Sure. You know, we're, we're built on, you know, bigger is better, you know, and mm-hmm. we're, we're built on this idea and fascination of it. It has to have more. You well, know? I think when, we're marketed it, right? Because it's right. not so much true. It used to maybe be true with some of our older stuff when we actually gave it all the beans. But then we started to really cut back on a lot of those beans and we still made it big. And then it was really more of like a marketing law. But now it's about efficiency. Like everybody wants to be the the efficient king. True, true. Which is funny because then you'll have somebody who who has like you know somebody who's like I have to have the V8 Triton F one fifty, but I want it with ecotech so i want it to drop down to a four cylinder whenever I drive it. So you're yeah. like so you don't re- <laughs> so you just want to tell people you have the V8, I guess, because you're not obviously willing to pay for the full gas performances. Yeah. But it also seems like then if you want a spectrum of performance, why would you dog this marvelous three-cylinder? 1.6. Only because it's got three cylinders. But I've heard even more people are mad about the three cylinders. They keep bringing it up as if if you don't have a four-cylinder 1.6. And it's not like perfectly fine like that's a miata motor right or something like i mean like you have sometimes cylinder better in threes volvos yep i mean sometimes things are better in threes (laughs) yeah i mean this is very true right the french French gave us the menage a trois for a reason (laughs) (laughs) and again there's been lots of fun to be had when i think of three cylinders now that comes from like the key car generation but you had some very cool peppy motors Mm -hmm. that gave you a ton of fun and again like i i don't want people to confuse like obviously if you're like sitting there and like, well, it's not going to be the same type of thing as my McLaren 720S. You're like, well, you're not comparing apples to oranges. So mm-hmm. how, you know, that's not going to be, of course. Yeah. Completely different food. Um, but I mean, again, for a, that much power from a three cylinder, all in-house built, Toyota is going to, even if you don't touch it at all, you just do all the Toyota stuff to mm-hmm. it. It's going to go full warranty. And I'm sure with little TRD add-ons and some tuning stuff that'll be mild, that mm-hmm. thing will be 320, 330 to the wheels without much of a problem. And again, the ones that I've heard are blowing the head gasket or having issues with the head gasket, where they actually just are pressing so hard that they're separating the gasket because it's one of those dual press together ones. Oh, I see. And they're doing like 375, 380 at the wheels, Ooh. where it's like, that is a ton for that tiny little car. Mm-hmm. And again, they're doing it with just like, let's crank it. So, I mean, once you start to change some things, that motor, I imagine, again... Be like holding 450 on a stock bottom end. I believe they will. I believe those are the type of things we'll be seeing in a short time once it gets to some of these real from high three cylinder. From a three-cylinder. And again, the biggest thing is the, the fastest and most impressive motor I have seen in the last couple of years has been the Koenigsegg three-cylinder. They have the three-cylinder inside their super call, car called the Gamera, I think it's or the Gamma. That. And it is a valveless three-cylinder that produces 600 horsepower. Wow. And that's by itself. And then it adds on the turbos and the electric motors, and it's somewhere oh, wow. in the 1,400 horsepower. But at some point, you're like, this man's making a big three-cylinder, and it 
is in the biggest top level supercar in the world, I'm going to need you to keep the same energy yeah. with that three cylinder if you're going to displacement does it. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> no. making 600 horsepower. It doesn't even have, it has no cams. The <laughs> valves just float there with magic. So it's like, um, it's all timing. It, okay. No, it, it's amazing. Like his valveless head is an incredible piece of technology that Koenigsegg has come up with. But again, it also <laughs> opens up that idea like, why is displacement that important? When you have the technology to run high efficiency, direct porting, you know, high level, you know, return, lightweight materials that you never got to use before. It's just, I, I think the argument that we're hearing when people are like, yeah, but it's a three cylinder. So why would I ever spend that much money on a three cylinder? It's your. Because it's comparable to your, um, you know, your granny's Geo Metro, you know what I mean? I guess in size, but in performance, it's comparable to your Corvette Z06, which I'm sure makes you a little right. bit upset about it. Yeah, that's where <laughs> the, the gripe is. And I think that might be it. How dare you make something There's going to be can, a lot of hurt feelings. There are going to be some hurt feelings, I think, in the streets on that car. Now, to tie that in, because I think we all agree we like the the Corolla GR. Yeah. yeah. And I it honestly do me. like the it lineup. It wins my heart. Yes. And I like the lineup from... Makes me moist. <laughs> <laughs> Al, that was gold. Mm. <laughs> GRs. Uh, yeah, grr. <laughs> <laughs> Moisture. Get ready. <laughs> is, yeah, exactly. I was like, uh, ooh, Toyota. Wetness is the essence of moisture, and Splash. Uh, moisture is the essence of beauty. <laughs> um, but I think they have a great lineup from that. I think, I mean, you have the Toyota Supra, which you know, again, may not be what it was, but hopefully they'll put a, a manual in it, and it is, you know, a fairly, you know, well-styled car. It does have quite a bit of horsepower and stuff like that. So that has, you know, for the higher end, you have the uh, you have the GR86, which is, I think, a, a fun super fun car i mean for the money that you're buying you can have a ton of fun with that car you, it's an enjoyable driver car it's a sports car for sure like a I good agree. nature and then you have the corolla gr which is like we're gonna build you a rally car like we used to make like this is going to be almost like the homologated stuff we're going to give you the race pedigree stuff we're going to not going to give you red stripes that say sport we're going to give you all of the mechanical stuff that you used to buy when we had to go racing again and it feels like they've got a lineup for kind of all the customers that have yeah. a a, a a, a, a fun and a fast idea in mind when it comes to buying their car. Now, with that, we have to talk about the other kind of elephant in the room, which is the Acura Integra. Mm. Because I, I would say in this Surgery realm, God. we just have to bring up again, and it's and it's hard. Does not make me moist. Present. <laughs> <laughs> No moisture in uh, the teggy. We're going to go to Al for the oh, moisture God, scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's the moisture level on that, bro? Ah, dry as a desert, apparently. It's a dry martini. It's like <laughs> Sahara Desert. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, and we have to bring it up because Acura, Honda, huge company, arguably, I would say number two to the size of what Toyota does as far as what they make and the amount of, of a clear engineering that they have from a company standpoint. People trust them, they make good products, they last a long time. Um, some of our you know members own some. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. shoot. Strong racing um, heritage. I mean, they, strong. They, have, they have roots. So when you have that and you don't have the leadership apparently that you have at Toyota, where somebody has gotten to the top that can convince, and again, it's not so much that they have the power, it's that you had to convince the board. The board. That you wanted to go racing. I hate the board. For sure, because I mean, again, it, but it takes obviously a, a, a silver, you know, tongue devil 
to get through. And in Toyota, the man had a silver tongue. He had to have to convince him that not only do we make enough profit, but we'll make more profit. And I'll give you the pedigree that you used to have from the races that you used to get, where it was honestly an the honor to days. have some of mm -hmm. our cars. And if you drove one of our sport versions, it was a special occasion. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, again, Honda used to make some of the most amazing ones we've had. I mean, they have a couple of great race cars and, and fun car history. The golden era. Right. And yeah. and now they have, I would argue, none. They actually have absolutely none that I can think of that are fun cars that they sell right now. They sell, you know, the Type R, but it's kind of out of what they used to do because now it's larger. It's very expensive comparatively. There's not like an entry one. You can't get it like a GR and have it stripped down. They only sell it one top one end way. way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the Type S from Acura. You yeah, know? and you have the Type S, but it's kind of a reduced version of what Type S used to mean. You still have the NSX from Acura, but it's a halo car. So mm -hmm. it's like, yes, you made the N Acura NSX, and yes, it kind of still filled the niche of what the old NSX was, which was if you wanted a mid-engine kind of supercar styled, you can get this, and it's not as much as a Ferrari. And that mm -hmm. was true. And it yeah. had all the styling and all the stuff. But now they made the NSX to be like, okay, instead of having it be like a really super sport car where you might buy this over a Ferrari or a Porsche, it's now like you're going to buy this over a Aston Martin or a McLaren. And it's right. like that now is a $250,000 vehicle that you're competing with. So now even if you give me a bargain on it, it's 180000 So you've already walked out of a lot of where even people might have purchased that type yeah. of car, I think. So here's your one moment. You've got the big one. You've got you know some other things in the past. You've got a heritage. You've got some even some motors. You've got the Type R motor. You've got some other things that you've been... And then you say, okay, we're going to bring back one of the faves. One of the ones that was even like, like had known styling, was part of comics. It's like bringing Michael Jack, Michael Jordan back to the court. Right. So mm -hmm. you're going to bring, Here we go. you're going to bring him back. He's going to have a different number, but you're going to bring him <laughs> back in the same colors. You're going to release it with the bread 11s. <laughs> and you didn't. You gave him Crocs, and you were like, uh, he's still fat. We didn't get him into shape. And now... What do you have? What What is that legacy of the Integra? So it seems like they just made another car, almost like, I'm going to use a horrible example, but I think it's right in the same line, the Chevy Trailblazer. The Chevy Trailblazer came out, and it was a dud. It was just a naming of another branded car that they had just put the name on. Or, or like the Mitsubishi. Chevy SS. Sure. Or the Mitsubishi Eclipse, where oh, Mitsubishi God. grabbed a um, crossover SUV and said, we'll call this the Eclipse, Eclipse. now, even though we have... All of this heritage of having some of the craziest, easiest, like fast cars from like the early 90s, those DSM talons and stuff could go like stink from a box in 89, 90. It was it was crazy. Um, and so now they were like, yeah, let's just throw all our heritage away and build this is, I guess, the fear. Does Acura head that direction with this build? Is that what they're telling you? There's still there's still a lot of opportunity for the Integra to be a champion mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's a champion out the box no okay but i mean look at how it was presented to the audience right right it's a four-door right acura integra was a four-door back in 80s yes did it have the performance level no 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 did it have something to look forward to in the performance realm no okay but given that there is technology from the brand, mm -hmm. I still think that it has some hope. Okay. I think just the you know general audience was looking for something like the Supra, right? 
because yeah. it was heralded at that you know right i'm, I'm kind of leaning on the community to make it moist for me okay yeah. well i think the, the community yeah. and like you know tuners and and brands out there in the respect will will have to They'll i make mean it cool they'll it's one of those platforms that people are just not gonna um they're just they're just gonna have to address it right now the other problem is what if i mean again now the problem i would see is at that price point why do you address it if there's other great ones out there to to just build yourself why do you go to acura and be like look you didn't do a very good job so i'm gonna have to do all your work for you and then the other thing i don't i don't know because i haven't looked into this side of it and maybe you can shed some light there walt for me the design of it what is the platform that they're using to build this car and is it on the same platform as the type r is no. it built so, so what is so that's the other thing so i want to say it's on the ilx platform which was the previous four-door that acura had right so then in my case i have to think okay so you're using some platform that isn't a sports car and it's not tuned or engineered for sport but you can build it on your factory already because they're can selling you make selling, a sports car out of it oh absolutely like how do they and, and where does that come from like how do you change that chassis so dramatically to get away from what you've made which is potentially an uh, integra badged older version or an older technology car that you're making because you already have the tooling for it in your plant as opposed to like what honda did and at least the type r is its own like all right we made it it's it is its own tuning and we did our thing well i mean you got to look at you you got to look at acura as a brand right right and so you got to look at also honda as a brand so honda has embraced the type r um moniker right sure and so acura wants to essentially be the type s moniker right right so luxury performance cool right mm -hmm. but a lot of the vehicle types within the lineup for acura is is geared towards more luxury right more space absolutely with a bit of performance yes performance is not their key component to selling their vehicles no now they even in the past did have a lot of their luxury focus where they did give you a little more beans i mean i would say some of the when they first came out with the tl type s right and you could get the v6 and you could get the manual that 3.2 and there were some things where it's like okay but yes it is luxury in here but you're also saying there's some go have fun go have fun right. as much as we can give you close to like an m3 we're gonna give it to you like a touring racing feel and so again like they can do these with models they've already made i feel like i want again i want an integra really badly i want to see like the integra of my mind from the you know fun sports car that they made in the 90s that i think yeah. arguably was better looking than than the civic brother it had and I agree and was more sought after as the this is the this is the special one it has a little more luxury put in it it has a little more styling put in it it has a little more higher uh pieces uh, of interior and cloth chosen for it like it just was like one of these things that was like i i think it was like if you got the type r honda no problem great car if you got the type r integra you wanted even more they already gave you all the right. rest and you wanted more and they give it to you yeah um and this integra doesn't do it it, right. it absolutely doesn't get you itchy to modify it to give you more performance something is not right with this car right <laughs> and again what in 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 its form that i see it like i don't see how it competes with the other cars that are fun and fast well coming for, out well for me it's just the proportions on a design aspect like look at the greenhouse mm -hmm. it's so bulbous yes it, it's got a lot of volume there's no tumble home within the you know the sides of the windows you right. know and you look at the you know 96 integra well 94 through 97 model and that car is well proportioned for a hatchback now this one it's 
the new one it's it's clunky mm-hmm. it's got a crazy body section where it's not even broken up in two spots gotcha and and the fenders are not pronounced so for me it's like okay well you got to make things either look sleek like a bullet or you got to have it have some muscle right and that way it gives it a proper stance right and that's something that the 9497 gsr integra uh moving into the type r had was it looked like a sleek bullet right mm-hmm. it looked fast Sitting standing there. Yeah, yes. sitting there, right? Yes. This one doesn't. It looks like, you know, a hamburger. <laughs> and that's a problem. And that's, again, like, like so if, if somebody was to want to pick one up, the whole effort is on them to make it look the way but that I mean, how sporty. much How much hamburger can you make that? How how fast can you make a hamburger? <laughs> For sure. And also, Flares. what can you make with a hamburger? Like, like when you get, when somebody's like, here, you, have, you, get, you get hamburger to work with. This guy's going <laughs> to start body. with steak. But you get hamburger. You're gonna be like, well, I'm gonna, I can make meatloaf. I can make meatballs. Like, like you're gonna start to like, I can't make a steak. So this guy's got like a steak over here, and I gotta try to make something close to it. And so that like, do you think? My fear is also that this will tank the project. They'll try to make the car. It'll, it'll sell to some things, but it won't have any of the pedigree or it won't have any of the following that it's supposed to have. And I'm sure it won't get the numbers that they want. And then my question is, then do they just say, yeah, we, that was a stupid idea. We can never do that again. And the board just rules with their iron fist of like, nah, profit. Uh, or do... It's all profit. Or do we get... Well, right. But but again, the Toyota liaison had enough economic talk to get them to understand you'll sell enough Priuses and you'll sell more Priuses and all of these cars and you'll always make more money. And they were like, yeah, I think he's right. I think I think if we do this, we'll let him make the fun cars. And he, That and so guy far, needs to go to Acura. Th- and that's the thing. Like, so, <laughs> so He needs to go to Acura. And is it a leadership thing, do you think, need to have Acura? Lunch. And I think if, if Acura wanted to do this the right way and come in to, like, actually compete against, like, the Toyota or even, honestly, like, the Lexus-level stuff. I mean, Lexus F-type stuff or Lexus LC, RC-like type coupes that are fast, have some of them have v8s even if some of them are fairly expensive like if you're talking luxury sport like from japan i mean that's your if you've accurate well, that's your market that you got to compete with because you're certainly not on the same tier as some of the german car manufacturers as far as that stuff so just to give you a an idea and an, a pulse of design so every four years there's a new model being created right and so it takes about four years to create a production vehicle right and so if people if we're if uh, brands are constantly trying to think of a new innovative idea to sell to the you know to the markets, oh, your brain is just all screwed. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, you just have to kind of go back to the basics that vehicles are avatars and personalities of the people that own them. Very and true. so, mm-hmm. you give someone a driving spirit or something of creature comfort that they can absolutely enjoy, it's going to sell. Very true. It's going to sell hands down. But the fact that we're so caught up with all the bells and whistles with everything that our competitors have and more it really throws you know a wrench into the whole heritage of either performance or is it luxury and now you're arguably fighting over which is the more dominant trait for the brand right i get that i get that that's why i I feel like honda is more successful in their type r endeavors primarily because everyone knows when you see that badge it moves and then obviously the fk8s have the numbers to prove it right mm-hmm. absolutely so the biggest question i ask you know people that want to see this integra be a champion is does it have the performance numbers to live up to its name you know right 
right, is right. there something comparable where people can say hey it has it has a pedigree of performance mm-hmm. and it can back it up right and so that's literally the next phase of you know this whole endeavor of where is this new next generation integra gonna lie in the performance right. realm okay or again like if the sales aren't good enough do they switch it out and they just go we're gonna go harder luxury and you start to see acuras with less of the vim and vigor and more of the luxury acura items. legend style well, where it's like nope we're gonna make a big one it's gonna be super luck because i remember some of the when i remember sitting in those acura legends when i was young like right. i remember one of the you know old friends you know Biggers. Uh, older brothers had one and that was a comfortable car as a kid i was like this is crazy this guy my guy's false wood look at all these buttons like again this is for me at least i mean i was coming from a place of like my father had a jeep you know what i mean like a pickup truck before oh, right. that it was, like it was a nice vehicle and so again like sitting in that one and this guy was like you know i think he was you know six or seven years older than us as far as like he was like friend's big brother and that was like dang this is accurate this is like a this is like a mercedes you know what i mean like i mean it's, in our mind it was like on that same level so or do they right. go that way with it and they're like no let's revive our true like gangster style where like we were like cool enough to roll like in a 90s hip-hop video yeah like ludicrous still has one mm-hmm. <laughs> and like those are the things it's like yo so some of those can work too maybe just don't try to do the let's just take a name and do the like we'll put it on something else and it won't look very good but it'll sell any like i think accurate was desperate okay for sure they said man we're losing our audience we're losing our you know our numbers let's just bring bring back the integra yep let's just see what people say and obviously they did and they fell flat on their face okay but they probably got the impressions they were like yeah of course yeah we need to do better next time the board was happy yeah honestly the board was happy like oh man people are raving about it such a marketing greatness whoever thought about this is even bad press is press i yeah. mean people say there's no bad press i mean again we are talking about it even on this podcast right now so even if none of us were going to go out and <laughs> sign down for one and put ourselves on the waiting list it is still something we're talking about and i would argue also i have seen a lot of beautiful designs from people that are just independent designers and mm-hmm. have just an idea it's like look actor just make this just do something like this or just take what you have and cut this piece right. off and like change this bumper like so there is a lot of fever that they should also see that like if we get this right people will come like if you if we build the right baseball diamond we will get the ghosts out of the cornfield like like i said i'm still hopeful it's just you know right out of the box in terms of design it wasn't the sports car that everyone was looking for all right so we got to go under the vote so i think we all said that we were happy with the corolla gr and what toyota is doing but are we in any way happy with the acura integra and with the first iteration of the new integra no no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Non, no. non-moist no, dry, no not moist Al's dry over but, there yeah. but if Acura <laughs> wants to give us one and we can do our own spin on it we're more than welcome to yeah yeah absolutely Acura reach out to us if you have information <laughs> about honestly if you have more information give us, a, give us a press information that we don't have uh, again make us see what you are doing so that we can talk about it in some way because again we want a cool Integra uh, we just don't have the we don't have the right code for this whatever you've released so let us know but uh, yeah, no, I think that wraps up with some of our. Uh, those are the newest models I can think of that are really that have really hit in Current, the last, uh, yeah. you know, kind of coming out that I we can compare it to. There's always new things coming out. Yeah. There's a through. lot of EV talk. There's tons of EV well, talk. Briefly, I mean, EV talk like Lexus is planning to be, go full electric as a brand. Absolutely. I mean, 
potentially that's what Acura can do. It could. Mm-hmm. And I mean, electric you, vehicles are exciting. It is. In the performance realm, you know? And they, yes, and their performance is like none other because you are dealing with a different type of torque. So Instant. again, exactly. So then you do have a, a totally engaging feelings and you have motors on each wheel and you have like, so, and if they wanted to compete, like we were saying, <clears> that would be potentially the way to go. And you have other companies like Lotus. They're going to be all EV right. in the next, like I think, two or three years and they're coming out with their halo last super sport car mm-hmm. and i mean they make other big ones but they're coming out with the i think it's the emera and yeah. it is from what i've heard one of the best cars to drive i mean they just threw everything they could as far as handling and dynamics in it and they're going to give one last swan song to the combustion motor and then that's it be done which again if acura is going to go the way of the electric give me either a last swan song of the Integra. It's never going to happen. Or <laughs> or you make your very first electric sports car, Integra. the Integra, and it's super lightning, and it has tons of styling, and you just make That's that thing. They a, they, exactly. But you have to choose. Like You either got to give me your last, like, give me the combustion motor, give me a, a 11 to 1, you built something silly, and you gave me something off the race shelf. <laughs> uh, it's like, we put an Indy V8, and they'd be like, oh, <laughs> they went mad. You know, uh, or again, if you, because crazy. just like the Ford F1 Light, uh, F-150 Lightning, if you tell me like, look, we're going to make a hell of a version for you. It's going to be electric though, but it's going to be a lightning bolt of, a, of an electric sports car. I'd be excited about the Integra being that next level, like small, fun, engaging yeah, electric sports yeah, I car. I'd be like, oh my God, they're going to give me a cool electric sports car? Because again, Unless you buy the Model S or some of like the faster, like really, the Model Three is very mundane and tame, and it doesn't look like a Mm-mm. cool sports car. If you again, if Acura was like, we're gonna we're gonna take you to the future, but we're gonna make you look good going there, just like we did with the Legend, right. just like we did with the ninety three or ninety five to ninety seven, um, uh, you know, change uh, change, and then again for the future ones when you went all the way to two thousand and one, where you had really the taillights, the headlights, everything was dialed in. You had extra extra. Uh, you know, uh, options Optionals, on the interiors. Yeah. You had extra OEM options. Plus. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you gave me that with an electric car and you were like, yeah, yeah, but you can also dial this in. And if you want the, the lighter version, we have this one, but you can also click these three buttons and you can go into ludicrous mode in this one too. And you See, can blow your battery out. Amazing as a brand. I mean, and it would have stepped new everything. Juice. I think so, because that would be the tech bubble. They'd run all the tech people who were ever thinking about that and be like, yeah, but what about the old sports car? Remember your brother used to have one? Like, you can have one that's all electric now. It's even better. Yeah. Like, See, that's exciting. Yes, it is. And brands should, brand should do that more. <laughs> I more agree. options. You know, I agree. Embrace the technology and embrace the heritage behind it. Just switch it up. Yes. Sauce it up, you know? And obviously, I think it comes from, like like you said, boards. Boards are older people. They're usually an older generation. And there's more focus on profit rather than passion. It's yeah. hard to convince somebody. Or even design. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And again, I think I've heard comes- horror stories of people and the board trying to design the new three three series it's just like the board of a comedy place trying to tell the comics how to say they're like i think this is funny be like you're not funny at all man like you you're as funny as toast like don't even yeah seriously (laughs) don't control me and then again they're never funny whenever they stifle and be like yeah write down this joke be like john you're not funny no (laughs) nobody laughs at your jokes john uh, so I think sometimes it's the board, like you said, they're focused on the profit. I know that also it always rubs me in a weird way when it comes to cars and what they do with them in, in that level of choice and power. Because when you have that level of position 
you obviously are making a certain amount of income, which means that you can also afford mm-hmm. other cars that maybe you're not going to build. So you're like, no, we're not going to build them. I'm just going to make money and I'll have a Ferrari. And it's like, <laughs> exactly. look, man, I want a bargain Ferrari. Come on, bring it down to me. God damn it. Bored. <laughs> and so sometimes I worry about that too, where they're like, well, my profits are more important. Be like, Come on, man. My fun's pretty important. Come would, you, on. would you say that grinds your gears? I would say that grinds my right. gears. That really grinds my gears, which brings us, <laughs> Al, to what section? Grinds my gears? That's right. Brings us to our, That's our right. section we've noted as grinds my gears. And this is just our point where we uh, each take a moment. We just you know air out a little bit of the grievances, air out of just things that bug us as we're coming into uh, show season here. Uh, spring and summertime and even into the fall here with the Pacific Northwest. Um, there's lots of uh, fun to be had, but there's also things that just make you cringe. And so uh, this is not so much about people's builds or their uh, you know, um, potential uh, ideas of their car. It's more about individuals, behaviors, um, <laughs> personal choices, personal choices. <laughs> odors. Oh, um, man, I'm going to love this one. So, I, you know, uh, I'm going to start on our... odors. And our, yeah, oh, yeah, man. Have you never gone to a place where somebody oh. is keeping you in a conversation and they are slowly poisoning you? And you're like, I can smell you, and I know that you know I can smell you, and you're keeping they me know. here. They oh, they, they know. But what if... <laughs> they you know, know. But, you know, maybe that guy's super passionate, and he just got finished with his motor swap and it's you know all chromed out and everything and i love you know him. he just didn't have time to go take a shower you no know? I mean, but come just, on man just hit me with the axe anything i mean just <laughs> god damn but when that funk is just like yeah that's that's uh, that's Ooh. decomposer that's not uh <laughs> all right so what grinds your gears garrett so i gotta say just as we go into show season one of the biggest things that grinds my gears is the sitting and or leaning against someone else's car that is one of those oh, things that i see that just throws me for a loop i see some I guy sit that. down he's got a lowered uh a lowered set of pants with a belt on that's studded and he is just on that fender and i'm just like man just gonna scratch it up for the owner and i just can't take the i don't know what the misdirective like not not noticing what you're doing or just the numbness of just like oh i can do whatever i want or i just don't have any like codified point of any other person here like it just feels to me like that type of stuff when somebody puts a hand just right on something when somebody like covers their eyes and then like sticks it on the glass and just is like leaving a little upside down how about you like for you opening the doors and opening sitting the doors and that oh, one's man. never Making great comfortable, um, like the other thing is when anybody reaches into the engine that is one of those ones where it's like i don't mind somebody pointing but i've seen people like reaching in. yeah if you oh. grab back here i'm like what are you loosening shit like what are you not what are you <laughs> doing like, there's a throttle body We're yeah let me just let me just flick your side uh, yeah, <laughs> let me adjust your boost pressure i mean just like do not come into my motor and flick my bean i don't need that type <laughs> it's of like uh, feel pressure regulator just a couple turns yeah you know what i mean like and he just bumps it or something or Three you know, bar. again like it just those types of or goes in the trunk opens up anything it's just like this is my private car i'm bringing it to the show yes it's here to showcase but there's just the common respect sometimes is missed uh-huh. and that is just one of the things that just completely grinds my gears <laughs> so just everybody in the show season as we move forward uh yeah just just have a little extra grace have some courtesy yeah just a touch be mindful yep yeah be mindful and ask because if ask, the person wants ask. you to sit in the car they totally will let you but yeah better to ask than beg for forgiveness afterwards because it just isn't this isn't good <laughs> what grinds my gears 
Uh, no, we think it's Al next. Okay. Yeah, Al, what do you? What grinds your gears? That was specific of going inside someone's vehicle without asking permission. For sure. Yeah. Yep. It's a personal space thing. Personal space thing. Yep. That's pretty much it. I'm pretty easygoing as far as. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Straightforward answer. I, mean, yeah. I like that, you know. And Al, Al, uh, Al can take a lot of punches. He rolls them right I, off the back. He I doesn't, flow like doesn't water. Fame. Yeah, yeah. No, it's hard. It's hard to hard to beat Al because Al again flows like water. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, Showers down upon you once and then falls upon you in a torrent the next. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> Sometimes less is more. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> back to the three cylinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that brings us to Walt. Walt, what really grinds your gears? Mine would have to be um, clicks and people who want to exclude others because of the type of vehicle that they have. Okay. Elaborate. Give me some, give me some, give me some <clears throat> examples. Um, nothing, you know, too specific, okay. but um, there's been a recent conversation amongst people in the community and this ideal of keeping tuner vehicles out of certain gatherings mm. has questioned the idea of, well, what is it exactly um, this organization or this term being used, exotic cars? Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the definition of it if, say, a modified wide body, you know, four, four, five, eight came through? Sure. So what? Let's talk about that. Right. Okay. Let's okay. talk about you know the countless amount of you know Porsches that are. I mean, you can go through the entire, you know, lineup. It's the whole catalog. It's the whole catalog. Nine Elevens with all the briefcases and everything. Yeah, every option you can think every of. Every option all you can different think of. Match. This one has yellow calipers but, and red uh, interior stripes. But these cars are welcomed and are dubbed, you know, exotic vehicles. Gotcha. Yep. But okay. I don't even think Porsches are exotic vehicles, to be honest. That's a fair point. Garrett, That's you a fair own point. One? I do. You consider yourself an exotic Yeah. I do not car. consider myself an exotic But why? Car. Because the, the car is a mass-produced, and it is at a level that is supposed to be accessible. And I know that sounds weird because it's a Porsche, and I'm not trying to, 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 to diminish uh, the brand either, but it definitely is one of those things where Porsche makes the 911 as a great sports car. It's supposed to be used a lot. It actually has a lot of everyday usability. Mm-hmm. You can always mm-hmm. make things not usable, and you can always get the highest version one and then try to use it every day, and it's not you know necessary. But you can get a 911 with a mild you know amount of horsepower, still has incredible engineering, great handling, but it can be used every day. It has you know fairly great great space inside it has modern amenities it as far as an actual like car that's a sports car has a lot of longevity lots of porsches last a long Mm -hmm. time without having major major issues and even when you have to do things like a motor build or something like that it usually is motor out motors rebuilt and then you do minor things for the next you know 10 to 15 years again with something like a a ferrari or something like that i mean again you have to take the motor out to do the drive belts and it's twenty five thousand dollars. and so certain cars come with a level of i think ownership cost and ownership pomp and circumstance that require a higher level of devotion to the car 
um, any kind of real race car where you have fiberglass, anything like that, monocoques, you're going to have a problem circumstance just to get them started. Oh, for sure. Um, the Porsche does not do that. The Porsche, you can just start, drive it with a key. It's, your it's, very, it's a very accessible car. And again, in, in that realm, it, it is designed very nice. It, it has, again, lots of aesthetics that they've continued for the brand, but I don't consider it an exotic car. I consider it a really, really great made sports car. Now, I think Porsche makes some exotic cars. I would argue yes, like right. the 959 is an exotic car made by Porsche because it's like an extreme. It's got specialty body molding. It's got a specialty motor. It's got mm -hmm. completely different aerodynamics than any of their other cars that they made. And some of the other cars that they've made, like the GT1, Carrera where they made GT. exactly, or the Carrera GT, where it's like it has the only V10 that they've put in any of their production vehicles, or at least any of their sport production vehicles. And then the newer 918, you know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So you have some of these ones where it's like, uh, okay, they build a couple of exotic cars that I would say yes. And those cars all come with the pump and circumstance that you think of. They have excess. You can't just have anybody work on it. You can't have all these things. But to your point, Walt, like when you're saying, well, when you go to a show that's exotic only and there's literally 12 Porsches and they are all the exact same with maybe a, a difference of one's a four, one's an S, one's a base, two more S's and there's a turbo, but the only difference between the body is the factory stuff. And then the only difference between the owners is the color of calipers <laughs> and the color of the, you know, uh, seatbelt straps that they've right. decided to go with. It's not, you're not looking at the exotic side of Porsche. Now you're looking at, these are the, this is the entry level cost to yeah, you're looking I'm at expanding. the price of the vehicle. Exactly, which mm -hmm. again, I don't think that that makes it an exotic, and I don't think that that makes it actually special. Right. Not in that way, because I still think that my 911, and again, just driving a, a base 911, mine's a C2, it's it's a six-speed, it doesn't have a lot of bells and mm -hmm. whistles on it, but it's a fantastic car. It's great to drive, and it's special to the driver, but it's not special in the showcase of cars. I mean, again, it's still was a mass-produced 911. It doesn't have a lot of the GT specialty stuff on it. Right. It's just a really great sports car. So then again, if there was a show and there was no Porsches, sure, you can have a 911. In fact, it has a great heritage. You probably should have one. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, if it's an exotic show, it should be only the exotics. And I it should be then kept to a standard that is somewhat unique. But would it be safe to say that if it's an exotic, it should be rare? Yes, and again, because when we look at everything across the board, when we say things are exotic, yes, it's, it's a rare. rarity, right? Rare, but I also think unique, uh, because you can have okay. Look at that, the animal kingdom, right? Right. Like you look at a lion, that's an exotic animal. Yes, it right? is. You look mm -hmm. at a giraffe, that's an exotic animal. Yes, it is. Rhinos. Yes, I mean, pretty much white rhinos are extinct. Sure. And so, sure. do we look at that perspective and that title of exotic towards vehicles? Right. So then it's a numbers thing, right? Well, and, and again, I think it depends. Or it should be a numbers thing, right? Like a one of one or a, you know, one of what, 500? What's the threshold to say that something's rare and exotic? Very true. Very true. And how does one speak about that? And who's going to make that call? And the problem is, is, you know, like you said, like if you have something called an exotic, you then have to kind of say what your stipulation is and you have to be truthful to it. Because if you're going to say, well, I only consider these cars exotic. Well, that's, again, your opinion. I guess if you're king of the castle, you can make those rules. It's just right. kind of silly because you're not really sticking to what the belief is. Right. But I, again, what I think we agree here is unique 
and rare like numbers mm-hmm. um has something you know special about it you know what i mean like again it may not be uh necessarily well usually if it's rare or it has those things it has something special about it but i would argue there are some cars that again are hot rodded or built to a certain level that i would consider exotic right um i agree when you spend enough time you become greater than what you are working on and i only mean that in like when you're a coach builder you don't Mm -hmm. build the motor you don't think about that but you build the beautiful body because it has to look this way Mm -hmm. when you have a zagato ferrari it is something incredibly special it has a bubble roof just because they want this thing but they're not thinking about it in the ending price tag Right. The coach builder is thinking, how can I aesthetically bring true beauty and even maybe a pain in the ass type situation to build Absolutely. to this rolling art? That's like the, that to me is exotic, exotic, but that can be built by anybody. That's like the it Kutosh. has to be high end. Now, I don't want also the same thing. Like if you build something, and you take a bunch of time on it, but it's not very well. I'm going <laughs> to give an example. I don't really like the look of the Cybertruck. I'm pretty sure that looks kind of shitty to me. Now, again, I'm just like, I like things that are sweeping. I'd want a truck that's more like, you know, a classic truck. I love like old Ford trucks or old like, you know, from the 30s and 50s that are, you know, rounded everything, big round lights, big, beautiful round like side view mirrors. So an angular truck to me that you're going to ask a hundred grand for or like something like that. And then you're going to be like, it's an exotic truck and be like, it's it's ugly and it's not it's not exotic it doesn't check any of these boxes but if you were going on money because money is the only thing that equals exotic well then i guess it fits into exotic which again i think ruins the idea because then you're not saying this is a show of exotics you're saying this is a show of wealth Mm. yeah and then that basic ideal is what some gatekeepers are predicating their their shows on right right or their gatherings like you know when we throw our gatherings uh, once a month, I mean, we say all makes and models, right? And all makes and models come. Absolutely, that's one of the biggest things about the meets is it truly is a plethora of all types, a mm-hmm. melting pot. It is. Yeah, it's a, a cornucopia. How many other words can we come up with that talks about this? <laughs> it's a utopia. Yes, <laughs> utopia for vehicles. No, but I'm I'm serious. Like when we talk about it, like you know, I said what grinds my gears. It's the whole exclusivity, members only. Like it has to be a certain good old type boys of pedigree. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. and then car guys or enthusiasts that love cars and genuinely want to understand, you know, these cars, like they get no love primarily because they're not up to their, you know, uh, financial bracket. Right. And that that pisses me off. And I agree with that. And I don't think. Uh, I don't think it's fair. I don't think that's right. And I don't think it's honest to the situation. Like if you want to, if you want to say, I want to have private clubs of just only exclusive cars by all means, but you can't then come out and be like, we're a community and we like to gather. Yeah, don't with use everybody. that word community. Cause it's not a community. If not, everybody's available. Exactly. And that's that big difference. Bunch in of bullshit. If you want to be a private club, go ahead, but I'm going to need you to keep that same energy. You're going to need to you tell me everybody we're a private club. Don't come over here. Oh, we are exclusive. It. Yes. If you're going to be Amber Crombie and Fitch, then you need to be like, no, you're too ugly. Yeah. And then I want you to say it so that we can all be like, yeah, that's the asshole calls people ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so then you can be your little asshole self. That's the biggest. And difference. that's totally fine. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's totally fine. Freedom I mean, is messy. I, you have, the freedom to be a dick 
and I'm going to let you have that freedom. I'm just going to need you to not paint yourself as a saint. You're going to need to paint yourself right. as the or dick a comedian. You are. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, so that's the other thing. Like, like you were saying, like if, if it is going to be about that, by all means, private stuff, no problem. But you can't talk about it in the same rhetoric and be like, we are a community and we're here for everyone to learn and gather. You're, you're, not, you're not, actually. In fact, you're only about this type of mindset and you're actually steering the culture to be like, don't be independent and come up with your own ideas. Mm -hmm. Follow money. Only follow, follow money. Money. or and only follow these guidelines of what I ex believe is money which again all fine but that's a private clubs kind of mindset and that's mm -hmm. also a private clubs kind of leadership if your idea is to I'm going to create this standard and the standard is going to be based off my feelings it's not going to be I'm going to put this out to the community we're going to have booths everybody can vote uh, it's like the MLB all-star like yo everybody yeah. gets a vote if you don't even know the players you can still throw your your box, box in like in, yeah. there's tons of people putting it in but the idea is that if you want it that's actually open to everybody so if you're going to say we're open to everybody then you're going to need to give it actually open to everybody if you want to be a private club no problem but no you problem. just you need to you need to approach the community like that it seems too wolfish to approach the community in the other way I to agree, be like man. we are the standard and we set it it's okay to be exclusive you yes. just got to own up to it yeah and you yeah. can make your own club i'm all fine with people if they want to throw their own clubs and and kick out everybody who they don't like by all means that's that's perfectly fine that's also the side of freedom but <laughs> I, you can't then talk about it in the local newspaper talk about it in the local media and talk about it to other people like you're the most inclusive we love everybody all cars are special because that's not what you're living and i can't i can't abide by your words if your actions are completely the opposite and so yeah, I, I agree with you. That that grinds my gears too, Walt. Shit, I think grinds grinds Al's gears too. Yep, definitely. It's less moist now. It's, <laughs> it's dry. It's parched. It parched. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, shoot, guys. I think uh, as as much as uh, man, we've covered tonight. We're already like you know uh, hour and a half or so in. Um, and we'd like some feedback from y'all. But before we get to the end of the podcast, we do have to give our little shout out because we have a section that we've already started in the first yep. episode, which is the People's Midori. Yeah. And the People's Midori continues on. Al's got a list of new parts, new add-ons, and new shout outs. For it's the always exciting. That have it. It I'm is. always yeah. excited for this because it's like, th this is a build that people are really contributing um, wholeheartedly. It is. And just want to see things come together. It is, and I want badly. And I only thought of this in the last like month while I was in Italy that and just coming. Midori. It has to be. We have to try to pitch this to Midori. We have to try to get to Midori <laughs> to sponsor this car. I want a Midori Ooh. booth. We will try at the next SEMA, and Midori's like, we don't know what we're doing here, but they built us a car, so we had to here come. Like, <laughs> I want Midori bottles all around it. I want Every, a Midori light worth a glowing. Shot. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, this is probably one of the easier shots you could take. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how much brand advertising Midori has, but we're happy to be your full brand advertising. We'll, we'll put a whole livery on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm down me? for that. We'll we do could it. do a little drawing and then we yeah, can... I'll do a, I'll, I'll do a couple renderings. And absolutely. Do some, do some, some voting. Yeah. See what the people want. With it. So, without further ado, Al, how's the Midori going? All right. Pretty good. We've got two more items that was uh, donated by the community or Excellent. acquired and... We got a coin tray now. Oh, sweet. <laughs> All right. I was missing. I was like, hey, I don't have a coin tray. Damn. I need a coin tray. So I put it on the story. Um, so now you can pay them tolls. Yeah. There you go. And people can this, eat them rolls. It's, <laughs> 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 uh, shout out to at Shima Spec. Um, I forgot his name, but yeah, he drives but Civic. Thank you. 
Yep, Shima Spec. Uh, reach out to us uh, via the email or via one of our uh, chats. Just to send us your your uh, full name, we'll we'll give you a shout out on on the uh, on the release. On the release, yeah. <laughs> and then um, we got the OEM Jack and accessories, and that was from at G two three Jake underscore. Oh, Jake. HBTM. Size more. Actually, I I wanted to know what that handle means. Like, I think that's a engine code. Is, Is it? it? It might be. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll, we might have to ask him. It's a big accord guy in the community. He is. So. Accord Maybe. Yeah. Awesome. So that's two new coin, coin and tray. OEM jack and accessories. Nice. So nice, nice. The, so, the spare area is, is complete. It's not just a spare tire. Nice. It has the jack and accessories. Fantastic. So it's coming along. Uh, how much more on the Midori are you looking for as far as like overall parts? Can you Do you have any that you want to shout out right now that you're like, yeah, we are looking for this actively. If somebody really has it, we'd love to get in touch with you. Right now, it's a it's 100% cl- complete car now. Okay, like, nice. Nothing's missing. Everything's ac- all accounted for. But maybe uh, fender liners. Okay. Ooh, fender, fender liners, liners that'd be hard to find but that's know. a good yeah. one if anybody can help us find the fender liners for that factory fender liners for everything that. in the engine bay is all buttoned up and put together for the most part yeah I, do you recall anything in there i mean i think everything works yeah. everything's look good to either. me so then is it so once we complete the midori to the full factoring of this it, it then, needs paint and body eventually okay but then when is there a modification stage that starts on the midori where then we get people to give us their spare parts as we build the midori <laughs> race car you know there is a turbo already sitting in my garage oh that my could oh, we, tur- oh, we roll right to turbo yeah, oh jesus because there's like this big old <laughs> void that, of area space this, yeah. in there you can put a might as well fill it up you know what i'm saying yep so yeah, don't let it sit there uh fill it up with midori so midori get at us as well um We'll always take a sponsorship. We'll always take a, a bottle of Midori, whatever you really have at this point. Um, but that's great. I'm glad the Midori continues. We'll uh, continue to look for more parts, and we'll continue to update people. Um, check us out on the uh, on the IG. Check us out uh, on the YouTube. Um, get asked for any kind of input you want to put back uh, to us about you know anything you think about the you know show scene. What do you think about? Um, different shows having different stipulations as opposed to... Yeah, we want to, to hear everything from everyone in the community. You know, absolutely. the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad. Give the us your stories, downs. too. What do you like, what you, what you yeah. do like. Absolutely. Just let us know. Yeah. And uh, until next time, guys, uh, have a great one. Have a Thanks great all. one. Peace out. Peace.